Hello, I'm Marie Snowman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is Nurture Your Child's Emotional Growth and Your Mutual Bond. My guest is Milan Murray, actress, children's book author and mental health advocate from Cape Town. Welcome, Milan. Thank you, Marie. Thanks for having me. It's such a privilege to talk to you today. Yes, and after our interview, it will be time for a fun question. Now, Milan, you're a well-known actress and children's book author, but you're also a mental health advocate, or perhaps I should say a creative in the field of mental health. Please tell us a little more about yourself. Okay, I, I think people find it strange that an actress gets got involved with, you know, in the mental health field and specifically mental health for children. Um, but my story starts, um, I guess, with uh, my own diagnosis of depression when I was in my 30s. And um, my journey to backtrack and see where it all started and why I didn't notice it before. And then jump a few years later when I had my children, I was obviously very aware of where they are emotionally. And um, especially in the primary school years, I saw them struggle with the change, the changes that primary school brings. You know, I think we focus so much on the teenagers and what they are going through. But in the primary school phase, they have big changes. Like it's the first time you you don't get picked for the team. It's the first time that you are left outside of the friends group. Um, it's the first time you get a report card and you see what your academic achievements are and you start um, looking at, at other people and compare where you fall short. So there are so many changes and I picked that up on my and my own children. And obviously that prompted me to move into the mental health field for children. Um, Not on my own, I I collaborate with other people, but that is how my company, the My Story Tribe, was started. Yes, I must admit, Milan, I'm so sorry my children are young adults already. (laughs) Because (laughs) when I look at what you do, you know, I really think it's very valuable. And I'm sure the listeners will see what I'm talking about as we go along. Now, you created the My Story Tribe two years ago. What is this? Okay, so firstly, I want to say that a lot of people think that the My Story Tribe is a COVID baby. Um, but we we started our research way before COVID. And obviously, COVID highlighted a lot of issues around mental health for children. But even before COVID, I um, I met with occupational therapists and um, psychologists, play therapists, a lot of people in the field of psychology. And I asked them if there was a tool that would help them in their practice. Obviously, I'm not a, a professional in that field, so I can't create a therapeutic tool. But if I could create a tool that can be used at home to help these therapists in their sessions with children, what would that be? And it was amazing how what they, I mean, they all said that reflection is something that will help children at home to bring back to a session. And that's how the journal started. So the My Story Tribe was essentially a platform where children could 
by these journals in order for them to get to know their own life story. We use the, the mechanism of story uh, to help children reflect on their life. We would ask, who is the villain in your story today? Who was the hero in your story? Um, if, if, if you look back on your life story up to now, what was the most surprising plot twist? And in that way, in a fun way, we help children to, to reflect on their life, on who they are, on the characters in their story, the, the characters that they choose, like their friends, but also the characters that they can't choose, like their parents or their family. And while the My Story Tribe grew from there to incorporate more than just the journals, we have social emotional learning curriculum and we have um, videos that incorporate breathing techniques, especially for children with anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. So as we grow as a company, we grow also in products and tools that we supply and, and make available not only for children, but also for their parents and, and for schools as well. That's quite a mouthful. I think we're going to look at various elements, including how you offer help to parents or assistance to parents, because I think, as you said, Children in that age group have many things that they have to struggle with. And obviously, if your child struggles with something, you do too. Let's first start right. with, a, with a term tribe. Why did you choose tribe? <laughs> um, I had this idea. I don't know if you can remember that there was... As an Afrikaans-speaking person, I loved reading as a child, and there was a book club called the Don Retief Book Club oh, yes. that I belonged to as a child. And what happened was, if you belonged to this club, they would every term deliver four brand new books, storybooks to your house. And I remember the excitement of waiting at the post box <laughs> for these books. So... I wanted, and, and we're still working towards this kind of a club where the children that are part of this club will receive something monthly. We are not there yet, but we are working towards um, that club within the next year. And I wanted a different word for club. I wanted, I was looking for a word where children, what makes children feel like they are part of something? And for me, that is the word tribe. Mm. Let's look at the age groups. Your journals are focused on the age group 6 to 10 and then 10 to 13, not so. Yes. So when I've spoken to the um, educational psychologists, they uh, suggested that we do have different journals for different age groups. But also it is quite difficult. You can have a 10-year-old that, that enjoys writing but then you can get a 10-year-old that enjoys the visual aspects of expression more. So we had to be very careful to really box these journals. So I am a little bit skeptical to definitely say it's for 6 to 10-year-olds and then for 10 to 13-year-olds. Because my daughter, who's, who's dyslexic, she would not enjoy the the. the even though she's 13, she would not enjoy the 10 to 13 as much as she would the, the 6 to 10-year-olds because the 6 to 10-year-old journal has got more monkey puzzle questions, more um, drawing, whereas the 10 to 13-year-old journal, that journal has a little bit more, more writing in it. But yes, I think because of emotional development, we have divided the primary school age group in these two specific groups. And I suppose the, the ideal would be to have both 
say, a six-year-old in your house and a 10-year-old in your house, and then you could buy both journals and see which one suited them best. Exactly. But we do on our website where we sell the journals, we have a page through video with pictures of the inside of the book, which I think helps parents a lot to make that decision because often they land on our webpage and they're not sure, especially for a child that's sort of on the cusp, you know, you're not Mm -hmm. sure which journal they would enjoy. Then I would suggest that they go through to the product page with that page through journal and and you will get a good idea of what's on the inside. And I think after that, you'll, you'll be able to make a good call. Um, but I always say that you can't go wrong with starting with the green journal, which is the, the younger journal, because it is fun. You know, the one page is a page where you practice your signature. And I think even as a 48-year-old, <laughs> I enjoy that exercise, you know, because it's it's affirming. It's who am I? How do I want to express my identity through my signature? Um, so, I, I mean, I personally do like the Green Journal very much. Yes, I think one would have to get around the fact that, that it says it's for 6 to 10-year-olds, not so, if your child is older. So maybe you could join your child in some of the exercises. I suppose there's only space for one person in the journal, but maybe you could do it on a piece of paper, some of the exercises. I think that might be fun. However, we do, our occupational therapist um, is quite adamant that that parents should encourage their child to do this journal on their own, Mm. purely because we need personal space. As human beings, we need to be allowed to be on our own and work through our own things. And although we as parents have to stand by and be there to catch them or to have a conversation if they need to, we encourage children to do these journals and explore on their own. And every now and again in the journal, we would say, be brave enough to show one of these pages to an adult. And then they can choose which part of themselves do they want to share. Um, We have a a door hanger that's not available on the website yet, but we developed a door hanger that, you know, like a hanger that you get at a hotel Mm. to hang on your door. Mm. A do not disturb door hanger. We have one of those with the turnstile that can turn and show an emotion. So a child can hang that on their door and then turn that turnstile to a specific um, emotion. And it's a, it's a, it's an emoji. It's a face. So it's a, an angry face or a sad face. And with that, we encourage the child to then communicate how they feel. They don't have to have a whole conversation about it, but you hang that on your bedroom door while you are doing your journaling. And then at least your parents can know it's a good day or it's a bad day or you are frustrated or, you know, and in that way encourage emotional communication too. That's very clever. And uh, what I hear you saying is that parents should really respect their children because I remember I was lucky enough to have a mum who would never read my diary. Oh, that is so important. And I know we we are so curious and we feel... Sometimes we feel like we have the right, we have the right to go and page through and see what is happening in their life. But they do feel so safe when we can convince them that we won't break that trust, Mm -hmm. because then they do have freedom to 
to say that, to, to even say my mom annoys me mm-hmm. or to even say um, I struggle with math, especially if you have a parent that that puts a lot of pressure on you academically, for instance. And then that is a space where a child can say, but I do struggle academically, but I don't have the courage to tell my parents that. Mm. Um, and just in being able to say that in a safe space, the safe space of your journal, sometimes do give a child the courage to eventually own up to that feeling. Um, but obviously, there are limits. If we can see signs, especially around... I would say if I take my own experience of of grade six, especially girls in grade six, it's a, such a it's a troubled time with regards to friendships and and those kind of things. And if you see that your your child well stops eating, for instance, or starts biting their nails, or you know there are signs where we can see that they are troubled. And if you feel like you really need to go and see in that journal if there is something troubling there then obviously, you know, make that call and and do that. So it's not like you're, you're not allowed ever, but obviously be discreet and, and, and only do that when you really think your child's mental health and life is in danger. I, I would say that would be the, the last thing to do if all else fails. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We are, after all, the parents. We are the adults. So hopefully... Um, we have enough emotional maturity to make that call when it's necessary and to leave it when it's not. Mm. I'm still looking for a way in which adults can share in this fun. So perhaps one could respect the fact that the journal belongs to your child, but you can say, does it have a fun exercise that that, that I might enjoy doing? Okay, so I have... We are working on a product for next year. So I will let the cat out of the bag. Oh. Um, we are launching, yes, we are launching a book next year um, that is a joint activity book for, for a parent and a child. And oh, I get goosebumps just talking about it. Um, so it will be an A4 size with a ring bind, which obviously then opens flat on a surface mm. so the parent can sit on the one side and the child sit on the other side and um, there is then a prompt for both of both of them and also discussion questions and there will be a QR code that you can click on um, and a scan with your phone where there will be a video and some extra discussions um, extra tips for parents, extra activities for a child to do. So it's it's going to be a very interactive book, but definitely with the extra um, purpose of building a relationship between the child and the parent around identity and around emotion and specifically how that um, are building blocks for good mental health. That's wonderful because I find since we're so busy, you know, something like that must be fun. Otherwise, it's going to to be another chore and you'll never get to it. Exactly. And that is in the in the foreword or in the instructions at the beginning of the book. We say if this stops being fun, immediately put it down Mm. (laughs) because it can't feel like homework ever. It can't feel like another chore, um, something that we need to tick off the list. And um, I do think it also, we encourage in the instructions in, in the front of the book, we encourage parents 
not to see this as a task that has um, an end date. We need to do this in a month or mm. we need to do this every day or once a week or there shouldn't be any stress around this. It should be let's spend some time together. Mm. Um, and and we obviously also in the activities encourage parents to be vulnerable because if we – there's, for instance, a friendship maze – that you uh, conclude. And when you start talking about your own friendships and how, how your own friendships either worked out or didn't, or what hurt you in friendships in the past, then children also connect with you in a big way because they see your own vulnerability. Um, but once again, it happens in a light um, way. It's not a heavy discussion it's not therapy in that sense you know it is spending time together and getting to know each other and getting to know your joint story because at the end at our company it always gets back to our story that sounds wonderful and then apart from the six to ten year journal and the 10 to 13 year journal you've also got the my story art journal haven't you Yes. So one of the um, aspects that we are developing is art therapy. Reflection is therapy. And so can art be. So often people are hesitant to buy the art journal because they think you need excellent art skills. And that's not what it's about. We developed the art therapy or the art journal in, in conjunction with an art therapist. And although the book itself is not art therapy. It is art as therapy. Mm. So you use art and the prompts are the same. The art prompts in the journal, there are 52, one for each week. The art prompts are there for reflection. An art prompt could be something like choose your least favorite color and draw your least favorite thing on the page and then destroy the page. That sounds like fun. It's lovely. Um, and it is therapy. It is getting onto the page what is frustrating you in a color that you don't like, mm -hmm. and then you destroy that. But you jump on it, you tear it, you you completely destroy the page, and it does have an, a therapeutic effect. And then there's also uh, activities in the book that that helps with processing certain things. Um, for instance, there's an activity where you you draw whatever is in your attic. Now, that's a little bit more complex to explain, but in the art journal, we explain that your life is like a house and in the attic are things that we need to let go. So draw all the things in your life that you need to let go of. So that's a little bit of a deeper um, exercise. So it's not necessarily about how beautiful you draw these things. Mm -hmm. It's about what it prompts in your mind, um, what brings you anxiety. Um, and then you get that down on the page. And that release is amazing. Whether you've used charcoal, whether you've used paint, whether you've used, sometimes <laughs> we um, encourage children to use mud and natural um elements from nature leaves and sticks and um and that sort of thing as well so yeah the art journal is a um is definitely and that's for the whole age group from six to thirteen and once again i mean adults can do that too um, mm. but that's for the whole age group absolutely i love the idea of the attic where the things are that you need to get rid of because it, it doesn't sound so intrusive if it's in the attic Yes, and it's also, it's up to you if you want to let it go. But often, um, 
the things in the attic are the things that brings anxiety. Um, but we put things in an attic that we think we will use, but it just gathers dust mm. and we don't always have use for it. So um, it's something that a, that a child can relate to, you know, things that, that they hold on to, maybe resentment or friends or um, or a failure that they had or whatever. And, and they can and they can let that go on the page. It seems to me that you take quite abstract concepts, like getting letting go of something that bothers you emotionally, and then you you make them concrete. Yeah, I must say, um, I work very closely with the psychologists and the occupational therapists, and we take a lot from what they use in pract in their practices. Um, so I am learning as we go along. I learn so much from these professionals because they obviously are at the heart of all these exercises and activities. Um, as a as a creative, my job is to put that into a creative product. So I. I'm busy with the creative side of things, how to present that on the page, what should the book look like. Um, but I am leaning heavily on these professionals when it comes to the content. And um, it is amazing. Obviously, whatever we do and put in the journals, I do myself first to see what the effect is on me. And it is amazing the the therapeutic effect starting this tribe has had on me and on my own personal um, emotional growth. I'm sure you could write a book about that at this stage. Maybe I will. Maybe <laughs> I will one day. <laughs> yeah. Milan, what feedback have you received so far? Oh, just yesterday we um, received the most beautiful email from a mom who said, her daughter said, the book is unputdownable. Oh. <laughs> And that was such a nice word, unputdownable. Um, the feedback we get are from, well, from parents who who bought the book out of almost desperation, um, who really are at the last. This was the last resort to to get their children to actually lift their head, mm -hmm. um, because a lot of kids are they are in a dark space and they don't know how to help themselves out of that. And um, so the kind of feedback that we get is that kids are lighter um, or that my child is smiling again or my child is talking to me again. Yeah, specific issues that got resolved like friendship, specifically, as I said, in the, the senior phase of primary school, so many issues around um, identity and self-esteem has to do with friendship and in the yellow journal which is the the 10 to 13 year old journal we have a whole section on friendship specifically because we want children to learn how to navigate that how do i set boundaries i mean i wish i learned how to set boundaries earlier on in my life um and so the feedback that we get is that children are standing up for themselves they are confronting the bully or they are um, making better friendship choices so that kind of feedback is absolutely heartwarming and um, it makes it all worth it when i think back to when i grew up and i look at what it's like now i think in our society we haven't really paid a lot of attention to reflection no we haven't because i think we think 
I mean, if you ask any adult, do they keep a diary? It's not it's not a common thing for people to do that anymore because it's time consuming. Mm. And even adults need to get back to, I think, that practice of reflection. Um, and whether you write it down or whether you just take some time out to think and organize your thoughts and, and reassess your day or your behavior or your friendships or whatever. I think that's very important. So it's difficult to pass on a practice like that if you don't do it yourself. Mm. Uh, and, and, and we encourage that. We really do. Even if you don't like writing, I would suggest that you take time out to sit and you can set your clock to one minute and maybe next month you can do two minutes, but just close your eyes and sit down and look inward because we are so looking down on, onto our phones, down onto the work that we need to do. Um, we hardly look up to the world around us, let alone in towards who we are and what we need to address within ourselves. So yes, I'm a huge fan of reflection, whether it is journaling or just um, meditation. I do think that we need it in society to to ground ourselves. You obviously have a, a very fine sense of how vulnerable uh, children can be. Do you have any any tips for parents in this regard? Well, um, I think it is Dr. Gabor Mate who said, parenting is not a role, it's a relationship. So my advice would be to be present and to work on a relationship. And relationship means that often it's just being present in the room present in the situation to physically be there. That's the one thing. But I think we don't listen enough. Life is so busy that we, especially during that age group where children embellish, they tell a story and oh, and, they, and it takes minutes and it takes half an hour to get the story out and to get, and we get impatient and we hurry them up and we don't listen. And often we listen to respond so we work on our response so long while they are talking and we want to give advice. Um, so I think if we take a step back and let children re reveal themselves to us, because they are who they are already, we just need to notice. And those of us who have more than one child, we know that our children are so different and they reveal themselves to us in their own time. And then we have to deal with them and respond to them differently because they are different humans. So I think relationship, that's, I guess, step one. <laughs> that's beautifully said. Thank you. Where can listeners learn more about the My Story Tribe and your various products? So we have an online store. You can find that at themystorytribe.com, www.themystorytribe.com. All our products are available there. You can also follow us on, we have a very strong um, Facebook and Instagram, well, following, but also program. We are very busy daily on those platforms because a lot of people use that 
as well nowadays as communication and to actually reach out to us and ask about our products and and ask advice we have experts that we contact regularly for advice too so if you want advice i mean you said just now that parents also need to be supported and we encourage parents to ask their questions on our on our um, social media pages and we get experts to answer those questions so i would encourage people to go to those platforms and then you will see there all our products mainly the journals the green the yellow and the art journal we have downloadable printable activities for parents and children to do together or for teachers to do in class um, those bundles are also available on our website as printable bundles there's a bundle on identity and there's a bundle on emotion and those are immediately available in your inbox to print um, if you buy those we have videos for exam anxiety um, just for regulation and that deals with different emotions so a lot of products on our website, you can just go there and, and look at the product pages. Um, and if you have any questions, you can contact us on hello at themystorytribe.com. That sounds very valuable. And then I will also attach the link to your website to this podcast. Thank you so much. That would be wonderful. And we are looking forward to, to welcoming more and more children and their parents to our tribe in 2023. Thanks, Milan. Can I now ask you your fun question? Please do. I am ready. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm first going to, to talk about something. You have an Afrikaans children's book called Kop in die Wolke en Krom Kirifontein that was turned into an award-winning animation short film. So before I ask you your fun question, could you tell us what this book is about? Well, that is the third book in an idiom series that I um, wrote. I, I took Afrikaans idioms and I wrote a story about each one. And this one is about the idiom Head in the Clouds, Kopendivolke. Mm -hmm. um, so this is about a, a group of young people who actually question their mayor, their town, the, the town's mayor, who said that they are not supposed to dream and daydream and ask questions and, well, essentially walk with their head in the clouds. And the story is about what happens to them when they are curious enough to go and find out um, what all of this means. Yeah, I looked at the cover and I, I must say <laughs> it seems very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. Now, what sparked my question was the fact that the book was turned into an animation short film and that you're an actress. So here's your question. If you were to be a character in any animation short film or any animation, it could be real or imagined, yes. what would you sound yes. like? What would I sound like if I was an animated character? Yes, any character that you could think of. I would probably be, to be quite honest, I would probably be a cat. Mm -hmm. So I would purr when I talk and I would slither when I move. So I would have very slow diction and probably sound a little bit like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that. 
Thank you. Thank you, Milan, for introducing us to these life-changing tools that you've created. And, and thank you for the work you do. I really hope it will go from strength to strength. Yes, thank you so much. We do too. I think there is a lot of work still to be done, but we are excited to be on this journey. Thank you. And to our listeners, it was good of you to join us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe to Calm, Clear and Helpful and if you'd rate the show. Visit my website www.mariehitsneiman.co.za for this episode's show notes and for free articles and podcast episodes on love relationships, parenting, life's challenges, and emotional health. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Mariette Sneeman, Journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted, and edited by me, and the music is by Mark marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.